Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. My former colleague at CBS Sports, now a columnist for TMG Sports. He's Mr. College Football, and he's speaking tonight at the Memphis Touchdown Club. That's at the Memphis Hilton, 530. You want to go see Tony Barnhart? That's where he'll be making the big interview. Award-winning writers, athletes, coaches, the biggest names in sports. It's the Gary Parish Show Big Interview on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tony Barnard, Gary Parish, how you been, man? GP, I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back. I see all my friends in Memphis. Uh... Uh, we we got a pretty good start to this football season. So, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. It's always awesome when you're in the city. Again, you'll be speaking to Memphis Touchdown Club. It's 530 at the Hilton. So let's talk about what we watched uh, over the weekend. I guess the biggest story, Alabama got pushed but survived in a trip to Texas. Obviously impressive stuff for the Longhorns. Did we learn more about Alabama or Texas from that 60 minutes of football? Well, first of all, we learned we learned that Texas is a little bit farther ahead. They they've made some progress. They had, you know, and their quarterback, uh, if he doesn't get hurt, then maybe maybe they've got a shot at this thing. We also learned that Alabama, uh, that's about as bad as they can play. Fifteen penalties, uh, a lot of things didn't go right. But you know what? Nick Saban loves these kind of games because you you do win, but you can go in and say, hey guys, y'all y'all just ain't that good. Yeah, you've been listening to what people have been saying about you. So I think uh, I think Alabama's going to come out of this in pretty good shape. Um, meantime, in in the SEC, Arkansas went and won again. Uh, Sam Pittman's now got them off to a 2-0 start. They're up to 10th in uh, the Associated Press poll. Um, I know you, you made the argument in, in your latest column that, that Arkansas really might be the second-best team in the SEC West. Well, look, look at what they've done in their first two games. They played Cincinnati, a playoff team last year. They played South Carolina, a good team, a good team that still in, uh, went to a bowl last year. And in both cases, this is, this is what was impressive, GP. In both cases, they've got the lead and the ball with about five or six minutes left, and they ran out the clock. Okay, how many teams can do that? And all they did was line up and blow you off the ball. And I'm I'm very impressed with what Sam Pittman has done. And those players absolutely believe in him. And KJ Jefferson is a great, great young quarterback. They're talking to Tony Barnhart here, uh, Mr. College Football. He'll be at the Hilton for the Memphis uh, Touchdown Club. Uh, that's scheduled to start uh, right around 5:30. Texas A and M. This is year five for Jimbo Fisher. It's one thing to lose to Appalachian State when you you know, take over and you're rebuilding things. You know, Nick Saban famously had a terrible loss in his first year at Alabama. But, again, mm-hmm. this, this is year five. With all due respect to the visitors there, 
You're Texas A&M. You're not supposed to be losing this type of game in year five with Jimbo Fisher, are you? No, no. And, and not only did they lose, it wasn't that they lost. I mean, that was bad enough, GP. But Appalachia State lined up and smacked them in the mouth, and Texas didn't fight. Texas A&M didn't fight back. They were 41 minutes time of possession. That means you got complete control of the football game. Give the Texas A&M defense some credit, but you shouldn't get get pushed around that way at home. And uh, Texas A&M was. When you combine what Appalachian State did with other. Um you know, surprising, or at least according to a point spread or traditional way of thinking, surprising results uh, from the weekend, including Notre Dame losing. Uh, it's, it's been a really good start of this season for the Sunbelt Conference, hasn't it? Yeah, super. And don't forget, Georgia Southern went to right. Nebraska and won. Right. And that, that, that got Scott Frost a quick trip to the unemployment line uh, that we were sort of expecting. So, yeah, it, it, here's the thing, Gary. I really believe... When we get to a 12-team playoff, this big line of demarcation between the Power Five and the Group of Five, I think that's going to go away. I think we're just going to be talking about conferences and, and the way the Sun Belt has played out of the gate. And don't don't forget, Apple, <laughs> don't forget, uh, Appalachian State scored 61 on North Carolina and lost by two. You know, they 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 gave North Carolina all they wanted. Tennessee off to a 2-0 start, went to Pittsburgh. That's a nationally ranked Pittsburgh squad. And, and and one on the road over the weekend. Are you a believer in, in the Vols in, in in this year too? I am. When I when I let out let my predictions, I've got Tennessee finishing second in the SEC East, obviously behind Georgia. I've got Kentucky third and Florida fourth, and that's kind of the way it's it's panned out. And now the, these games, the, you know, all, the, the round robin between Georgia and Kentucky and Tennessee is going to be must see TV. It's going to be good stuff. You mentioned Kentucky. Uh, they go to the Swamp and win in primetime on Saturday night. Wildcats now 2-0, and ranked ninth in the AP poll, 10th in the coaches' poll. Mark Stoops and John Calipari famously had a uh, a little bit of a uh, – uh, Mark Stoops got irritated. Mark Stoops, the latest person to get irritated by something John Calipari has said publicly. He didn't like uh, saying, hey, listen, Alabama football school, Georgia football school, Kentucky's not a football school, we're a basketball school. Mark Stoops took exception. I understand why he felt disrespected. He has responded so far this season in incredible ways. How has he been able to build Kentucky, which has been a nothing football program forever, into like a, a legitimate, I guess on some level, you know, SEC contender? Well, GP, I remember sitting in his office, Mark Stoops' office, after his third season. He went he started 0 and 8. Two and six, and two and six in the SEC. And what did what did Kentucky do? They built, they made 125 million dollars in renovations uh, to Commonwealth Stadium, and they built a 50 million dollar workout practice office complex. They invest, they invested, and and basically, look, Stoops says with this investment, we need to do better, and they have. They have, they've won three out of the last five with Florida, and they've won ten games twice in the past four years. And so they, he did it by recruiting guys and developing them. Okay. He's not signing all, he's not signing all the five stars and guys like that, that Georgia and Alabama are doing, but he's, he's getting good players and developing them in the, in the, in even better players. And it's paid off. And he, he made a commitment to change the offense two years ago. And, uh, when they brought in, uh, the, the offensive, the offensive coordinator from uh, the Rams. And now they have one from the 49ers. He made a commitment to change the offense, and it has panned out. 
Talking to Tony Barnhart here, columnist for TMG uh, College Sports. He's going to be speaking to the Memphis Touchdown Club over at the Hilton. That's scheduled to start in about an hour at 5.30. You mentioned Nebraska earlier. They lose again, drop to one and two. Scott Frost is out. $15 million buyout that I believe would have dropped to $8 million at the, uh, you know in October. And yet they say, yep. we want you gone now. First, let's stop there. What what does it say about that situation that they could have waited three weeks and saved uh, $7 million but decided we can't do another day of this guy? To me, that speaks volumes how bad it was. Uh, when, when Trev Alberts, the athletic director, says we just needed to give the players another voice, that means those guys have absolutely turned uh, on Scott Frost. And you know that if you're an athletic director talking to the players. I mean, the fact that – he, Trev Alberts ate $7.5 million to fire his coach three weeks earlier than it would have, would have taken to drop that buyout. That just, again, that tells you volumes of how bad it was at Nebraska. How surprised are you that the Scott Frost thing didn't work? Because it seemed to check every box. The guy turned Central Florida around in a, in a remarkable way. He's he's a, a Nebraska you know former he's a Nebraska alum like it was like if anybody's going to work at Nebraska this is the guy that's going to work at Nebraska and it just never got on track. Yeah, and, and I was stunned because I thought it absolutely would because like you you said it, it checks all the boxes but they they never really developed a quarterback they didn't have a whole lot of identity on the offensive side of the ball and oh by the way they're playing a Big Ten schedule. Uh, which is what you didn't do at Central Florida. So, you know, I, I'm I'm really stunned. So, what's going to be it? now? What this does, Gary, is they have Nebraska and Trev Alberts have got to hit a home run with this hire. Okay, there was talk about maybe taking you know the the uh, the interim coach is on the staff now. Mickey Joseph is his name. He's a good football coach, but you can't do that. You have got to go out and hire somebody with a name. Couple of names that uh, our man, uh, our man put out there is uh, uh, the uh, Stoops is one. Matt Campbell is one. I'm talking about Dennis Dodd, our old CBS colleague. Uh, he put those names out there, and uh, Matt Campbell would seem like a, a perfect fit. So would Bob Stoops, and so excuse me, Matt uh, Mark Stoops, and so that's uh, that's going to be an interesting hire. It really is. Wrapping up here with Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, 92.9 FM ESPN. Last thing before I let you go, not really a national story, but it's one I find fascinating uh, be, just because of the dynamics involved. Iowa is now 1-1 one one after losing to in-state rival Iowa State over the weekend, 10-7. They scored seven points in a win over South Dakota State. Uh, they scored seven <laughs> points in a loss to Iowa State. And I saw somebody tweet, fire Brian. I'm just mostly unfamiliar with the Iowa football program. But I saw somebody tweet, fire Brian earlier. And I was like, well, what's that about? Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz's son, is his offensive coordinator. Yep. What do you do about that when your, off- your, your offensive coordinator is clearly not doing a good job, but he's also your son? Can you say nepotism? Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's an issue. And, and, you know, the facts are the facts. The offense is doing nothing. I think in the first game that they scored their seven points with a field goal and two safeties. Yes. How do you do that? Okay. <laughs> How do you do that? That's got to be some kind of record. And I mean, I know Kirk Ferentz. I spent I spent time with him, and I like him. But facts are facts, and they're they're not going to win very many games with an offense like that.
It is uh, wild to watch. They cannot do anything on offense. That's Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. The columnist for TMG College Sports, one of the best-known college football reporters in the whole wide world. He's going to be at the Memphis Touchdown Club speaking tonight. That's going to start in about an hour at 5.30. Tony, I know you're busy getting ready for tonight's talk, but I appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes. It's always awesome to talk to you, brother. All right, GP. Good to talk to you, buddy. All right, I'll see you. Bye-bye. That's Tony Barnhart on 92.9 FM ESPN. That Kirk Ferentz, Brian Ferentz thing is hilarious to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, what do you do? Like, what do you do? I don't know. Like, you, you've hired your son to be your offensive coordinator, and your offense is embarrassingly bad. I mean, you gotta, you got to fire your son. <laughs> Maybe it's easier, honestly. Like, oh, I don't know. Firing your son doesn't fit. It's like, how about this? Just keep your son employed, and he's getting blasted by your fan base. Yeah. I would imagine it's easier to to take crit, self to take criticism yourself than it is to hear people trash your kid. I think so too. Okay, so that's that's not fun. No, the alternative is fire your son. That's not fun. What an awful situation he's in, Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, I think that that's one of those things where where if you're Kirk Ferentz, you blame it on like your AD. Like you can't you can't blame your AD for your son no, being no, your no, offensive no, coordinator. No, 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 no. I'm saying you when you fire your son, you blame it on the AD. Like like hey hey he's I'm, there's pressure. on Oh me. well, that that there's happens no, all the time. There's nothing I can do, son. Yeah, coaches do that all the time. They'll be like, hey, you know, I love you, but you know, they're making me. They're make making changes. me. Yeah, they're making me make. T- you know what? Like we 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 collectively, <laughs> nobody's blaming you. Right. Collectively, we're not. Getting the done and now the people above me are saying you got to make changes and this is this is where we're at of course that's the way you play it yeah i think so maybe the real lesson here don't hire your son to be your offensive coordinator yeah i think that's the best lesson yeah because even, it sounds great in theory like look we made it we're you know but uh, like uh, in basketball you get this a, a lot actually like sons working for their fathers like um, Kellen Sampson works for Kelvin Sampson mm-hmm. at Houston. So Kelvin's son's on his staff. Uh, Bob McKillop's son was on his staff at, at Davidson. Um, Stephen Pearl is on Bruce Pearl's staff at Auburn. So this happens a lot in basketball, but what makes a difference is they're just one of the three assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. You don't have an offensive coordinator in basketball. I mean, sometimes guys will use labels like that, but not really. It's just like... Penny Hardaway's the coach, and those are his assistants. And I, Bruce yeah. Pearl's the coach, and those are his assistants. So when something is so undeniably bad, unless the head coach is saying, well, Coach A is the one in charge of that, and that's what's wrong, and coaches don't typically do that, then the head coach just sort of takes the blame. Like if you're running a college basketball program and you're terrible offensively or terrible defensively or terrible at turnovers, are terrible in all the ways you could be terrible at basketball, the head coach just kind of has to take that himself. Yeah. But in football, if you're terrible defensively, people point at the defensive coordinator. And if you're terrible offensively, they point at the offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, it's like with the Titans today. Everybody wants to fire Todd Downing. They don't want to fire Mike Rabel. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so when, if you're Kirk Ferentz, once you put your son in that position, he better be amazing or is it just, it's just bad. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's the lesson. If you're a football coach, do not make your son or daughter your offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. 
if it doesn't go well, and odds are it won't, you are caught in a situation where you got to watch your son or daughter get trashed by your own fans. That's not fun. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.